Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another podcast episode. If you are a returning listener, and if you're a first time listener, welcome. I am so delighted that you are here. However you have found me, whatever prompted you to press play, it is an honor to step up to this mic and say words that come out of my brain hopefully words that will be valuable and helpful and move you along. So I'm coming off of hosting the virtual retreat for the marriage upgrade, and it was so good. I'm just so happy and so pleased with the conversations that we were able to have, the level of depth and just the overall experience that my clients had. There was one couple in particular who was kind of new to all this. And so at the beginning, when we're sort of, you know, saying our introductions and talking about what we hope to get out of the experience, they were like, we're a little bit nervous. There's literally no one else in our lives that we've actually talked to about our marriage other than God. And what an honor to be their coach and to hold their marriage. And what an honor for the rest of the couples in our group and our cohort that also get the privilege and the experience of just having this time together. It is just one of the most supportive and nurturing communities and one of the most normalizing. I think that is the thing that literally everyone says that goes through this program is everything that we're going through is normal. I now see that some other couple has their own flavor of the same thing. And that is what I knew when I created the program that there's nothing new under the sun, that the issues that you were facing as an individual, as a couple, are the sort of like universal issues that we as human beings and people who have committed to living our lives together are all facing. So it was incredibly rewarding for me. And here I am with renewed energy to come and talk with you today. So I want to talk about stages of change. And this is such an interesting thing for me to talk about because I first learned about 
this behavioral theory called the stages of change. I studied public health. I studied behavior change and communication specifically in intimate partnerships. And I remember when I learned about the stages of change theory, it just made so much sense to me. So this actual theory talks about the stages that someone goes through when they're making changes in their life. So I'm going to briefly tell you what they are, but I have a completely different set of stages that I want to actually share with you all. But just in case some of you are science geeks like me, um, you'll appreciate this. So the first stage is pre-contemplation when you're not even aware that anything needs to change. Like you're not even contemplating making any change because you just don't know. Like you have no clue. You're operating the way that you've always operated and nothing seems to be the problem. The next stage is contemplation where it's like, oh, I have some inkling that this could be better or I could make this change. And so now I'm thinking about it. Now it's on my radar screen. Now I'm like, you know, processing it and observing what's happening. Then there's preparation where you start making the plans. I think about this a lot. We studied a lot when it came to like weight loss um, or adopting better eating habits, right? Where it's like, okay, you're in the preparation stage. Like you're looking up the recipes, you're preparing your meals, you're changing your grocery store list and all the things like you're getting ready to take this step. And then action is when you're actually implementing whatever change you are trying to make. And then there's the maintenance, right? Like continuing to implement said changes. So that's the stages of change theory in a nutshell. And I wanted to bring a little bit of that to what I observe um, in in the work that I do and how it really sort of like evolves, but also is quite predictable. So when it comes to changing your marriage for the better, or even changing yourself, right? If there's any area of your life you want to improve upon, any area of your aspect, any area or aspect of your relationship that you want to be better, there are natural stages that you go through. The first one is almost, again, non-existent, kind of like that pre-contemplation. It's where you're just unaware or when you're in denial. So the transition here is to move from unawareness and denial potentially to awareness. And this is a fascinating concept for me sometimes, because when I'm talking to couples, I've often said to people like, wow, it's almost like you're living in two separate houses where one person is like, no, everything's fine. Like, I'm happy. Things are good. And the other person is having a completely different experience. So if that's you in your marriage, potentially there is just some lack of awareness or some denial and minimizing of what's actually happening. 
Now, this isn't a problem, right? As a coach, I can say that this isn't a problem. Obviously, if you are the partner of someone who seems to have their head in the sand, it's going to be very frustrating for you. But the reason I know that this isn't a problem technically is because it's a protective mechanism. There are things that our brains don't want to know because of the impact, right, of knowing. And so to some degree, I think we all have areas of our lives where that's the case, where it's just like, oh, I don't even want to go down that road. I don't even want to look at that. I don't even want to talk about that, right? Because of fear, because of uncertainty and like just not knowing what opening quote unquote Pandora's box will bring. But the way that I like to address that, and I was actually recently just coaching a client on this, is to just have small doses where you're willing to take a look, right? So for me, I'm I'm starting back up a meditation practice and I got quite good at it for quite some time. I want to say maybe like 20 minutes and my meditations are guided meditations. Let me just say that like sometimes I can achieve a state where my brain is kind of quiet, but usually it is a guided meditation that's helping me direct my thoughts in a particular direction. But as I approach incorporating this back into my life, I made a commitment to just do it in small doses. Like what if you just start with two minutes or five minutes? And I think especially for anyone wanting to bring to awareness some things to work on, that being willing to just ask yourself questions and to look at areas of your life or areas of your marriage that you wouldn't normally look at, you will find something. And this is really fascinating for me when I do consultation calls, because again, sometimes we have the couple coming and more person is like, I'm just here because my partner said I needed to come. And ultimately what we find is that they do have things that they want to be better. They do have issues that they're confronted with. They just have never articulated them. So there is always something if you or your partner is in a place of like, no, everything's fine, then just know that that's not like from some malicious ill intent. It comes just as a tactic of self-protection. Okay. So that's the first thing. So the first stage, which is like stage zero is unawareness or denial and then moving into awareness. Like, oh, there's something here to be worked on. The next stage is moving from awareness to understanding the impact. And this is really, really important because you can be aware of something and know that it's happening and yet also not truly understand the long-term, medium-term, or even short-term impact that it's having. I think about this a lot just with my health. I'm really, you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about my health and my weight loss journey so many times. But I'm at the age now where it's not just about the aesthetics of like fitting in my clothes and feeling like I have more energy in my body, but it's literally about my long-term health, right? I'm 
not getting any younger. And I've been thinking about like my future self in 10 years and 20 years and what I am giving her to deal with based on the choices I'm making today. And there's a part of me that's like, when I confront myself with that, I'm like, oh man, I'm really not looking out for you in the future, right? So there is just the mental exercise of what is the impact of this? And I would just invite you to think about like whatever's going on in your marriage or whatever's going on within you as an individual that you want to now consider making improvements upon. I want you to think about the long-term impact or the variable impact if you don't change it, right? So let's say communication in your marriage is an issue right now that you guys are arguing and the arguments turn kind of ugly and nasty. I hear that a lot from my clients. So I want you to think about what's the impact of having, even if you just have twice weekly, pretty significant arguments, what is the impact of that over a month? right? That's two times four weeks. That's eight instances of a really intense, hard, (laughs) difficult argument. And then think about that over a year, right? Eight times 12. I'm not going to do the math. I think it's 48. That's probably so wrong. That is not, it's not 48. It's 48 times two, which is 96, right? So 96 strong, hard, difficult arguments times five years, right? 96 times five is 480, almost 500 really big, difficult, hard arguments. I want you to think about how much your marriage erodes each time you have one of those arguments, right? So again, I'm not trying to like guilt and shame you. It's just one of the things that as we're in this process of beginning to improve our marriages or improve ourselves or improve our lives in any way, and you can literally do this with any topic, that There is the awareness of like, oh, it's not so great that we have these arguments, right? But a lot of times we're thinking about it in the short term in terms of like how we feel and maybe we've argued in front of kids and then we worry about the impacts of that. But when you multiply that by inaction and not figuring it out, right, the impact is quite significant, right? So I want you to just think about the life you're living now, what is the impact of that not changing the way your marriage is now? What is the impact of that not changing the way you handle and deal with things now? What is the impact of that not changing in a year from now and two years from now and five years from now? Because the decisions you make today is actually setting the course for that moving forward. Right. So then the third stage that I see again, and this is just in my practice from talking to the tons and tons of people that I talk to is you have these attempts to change on your own. Right. So we've gone from 
unawareness and denial to awareness. We've gone from awareness to now understanding the impact. And when we look at that impact, we're like, okay, it's time to do something, right? And so you will attempt to change on your own, at least with the topics that I'm talking with people about, because we have this bias of how we should be able to just improve our life right? Our life and our emotions and our mental well-being and our relationships and our communication, because there's no like bachelor's, master's, doctorate degree in life from (laughs) an accredited university, our brains don't naturally go to thinking there's someone we need to engage with. There's a teacher to teach us this. We live our lives expecting and believing that we should just be able to figure it out, right? And so this stage is that you're trying to figure it out on your own stage. And usually what I find is that people can actually gain a lot of knowledge because when you're trying to implement something on your own, you do read, right? You do eventually, you listen to podcasts, you come to master classes, you watch videos, you read books, right? You may attend a seminar, right? That's still like bringing in the information. And unless you have a system of implementation, that's where things fall apart, right? So you read the book, right? And you're trying to enact the change on your own, but there's no system to help you live this out and make this your new way of being, right? And I will admit that there are plenty of areas in my life right now where I'm like, man, I have some awareness. I see the impact. I want it to be better. And also, I'm going to keep trying to do this on my own, (laughs) right? So it's human. I want you to know, like, I have the, the same kind of brain that you do. But what I know is that in that list of things, and let's just say there's like three areas in my life right now where I'm like, you know what, I could probably use some additional support. I could use some development in that area, right? Those are on my radar screen, right? It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. It's like, well, right now the priority for my time and my investment is over here. And I think sometimes being really honest with yourself about that is so important, right? So it's okay. It's just for you to be honest with yourself about what's really important to you. And then for the thing that does rise to the top in terms of your investment, in terms of your time and tension and effort, you will seek help, right? You'll seek significant and serious help so that you really enact the change that you want. And I think this is the time and this is the phase when you're reaching out for help and you're getting help where you are the most highly motivated. There is such massive relief that comes from knowing I now have a partner. I now have a helper. I now have an expert in this area who's going to show me the way. And you'll get a boost in change. I promise you, like whenever my clients first come to me, our first month is like massive 180 for them. 
right? They're highly motivated. They're highly engaged. They're highly, you know, committed to doing the things that I am coaching them to do. And they have a lot of positive progress, which is the next stage. Like you have that bump, you have that like, oh my gosh, I know what I'm doing. This is working. Here we go. And then inevitably what happens though, after you have this positive progress, is you sort of take your foot off the gas or so much of your normal life starts to bleed in that it's sort of like, I don't want to say overwhelm, but it like makes the water lukewarm, right? Whereas maybe the first bit of time when you're like so excited and so gung-ho, you're like on fire, right? Like the water's hot. Then you get used to the new normal, right? You get used to like communicating well and feeling close and feeling connected. And you kind of take your eyes off the prize and you stop pouring in the heat. And then it gets a little bit lukewarm. And then what happens after that is now that things are lukewarm, now like the remnants of past life, past patterns, past issues start growing a little bit more. And then you find yourself failing. I put that in quotes because I always tie failing with learning because if you're failing, you can always use that quote unquote failure or not achieving the thing you want as a learning opportunity. And I had someone ask me recently, like, why are my coaching programs six months? Like, do I have anything shorter? And, you know, part of it is because of this, that the first month or two months is usually really good for the couples that I work with or the individuals that I work with. And then around the three month mark, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, they sort of like have this law where it's almost like you're transforming, you're changing, you're doing things differently. And then like the old part of you wants to like fight you about it. And so what I love to do is to be able to support people through that lull of the failure and learning process, because that is what will ultimately catapult them into mastery. And for me and the clients that I work with, six months is just the ideal time for that. So mastery is the last stage where the things you've learned, the new habits you've adopted, the new mindset you've cultivated, the new way of being that you are operating out of is just now the norm. I think about this so much for me with exercising that I have found a way to consistently exercise for years, for years. And I did that by one, starting with something that was very manageable for me and something that felt like, of course, I can have time to do that. And over time, as I was more consistent in implementing it, it literally has just become my normal. It's part of my life. Whether I want to or not, I just do it. And there are times when I don't, like, you know, I may do it six out of seven days the week, but it never alters my identity and it never impacts that as an ingrained 
habit for myself. And so I want you to think about either things you've made such a habit that it's just part of you and how amazing that is, how it's something you don't even really have to think about. It's something that doesn't even take energy, but it did at the beginning, right? And I think sometimes we forget that. And then when we go to develop a new habit or make another change, it feels so hard (laughs) at the beginning because we have to be intentional about it. We have to be conscious of it. And something we've mastered just is like rote that we forget how it became that way for us. So those are the stages that I've created (laughs) for the stages of change when it comes to improving your marriage or improving yourself. You go from unawareness or denial to awareness. You go from awareness to understanding the impact. Then you go to attempts to change on your own, then reaching out for help, positive progress, failing and learning, and then ultimately provided you don't give up mastery. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. I hope that you've been able to see something in your life or in your marriage that you're wanting to improve and to be able to sort of categorize and identify for yourself where you are in the stages of change. And I want to just challenge you, like, unless you're already at the mastery level, which probably not if you're listening to this podcast, what would it take for you to just move yourself up the ladder, wherever that is, right? What could you commit to this week that would move you one notch up to really be able, being able to create and sustain the change that you would like to see. All right, that is it for today. I want to let you know and make sure you know, if you're listening to this episode in real time, I am hosting a brand new masterclass called Unbothered. And this is a great way to move yourself up one of the notches where I will be talking specifically about how to remain calm and how to be less reactive towards your spouse. So if you find yourself triggered or often frustrated and then reactive to your spouse by lashing out, starting arguments or perpetuating and escalating arguments, this masterclass is a thousand percent for you. I will be talking and walking you through the steps to remain calm when your spouse is pushing all of your buttons or when anyone is pushing all of your buttons, because everything I teach is definitely um, transferable to any relationship. So that is happening Wednesday, October 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern. It is free to attend, but you do need to register and there will be a replay. So if you cannot be there live, definitely put some time in your calendar to watch the replay, which will be emailed out to everyone who has registered. You can find out more about this masterclass and get yourself on the list at my website, drshavon.com forward slash unbothered. It is also now on the homepage. So I look forward to meeting you there 
And if not, I'll be back with you next week for another podcast episode. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com, to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.